The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You don't have to dip forever. You know that, right? You don't have to smoke forever. And the reason I say it like that is I have been that guy. I've been that guy. I dipped for so long. And what would happen is I would decide I'm going to quit. That's bad for me. I'm going to quit. I'm a man. I don't need any help. I'm just going to quit cold turkey. And I would fail time and time and time again. I tried things like the patch. That didn't work. Gum, sunflower seeds. I I tried it all. It's just a matter of finding the right thing to help you quit. That's Jake's Mint Chew. Go, put in your dip. Just make sure it's Jake's Mint Chew. It's tobacco-free. It's nicotine-free. It's even sugar-free. And I highly recommend, just a personal choice, I highly recommend their CBD pouches because it really helps take that extra edge off. Get a jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE at checkout. When you do that, you get 10% off. Minnesota. What happened in Minnesota? How should you feel about what happened in Minnesota? Who should you blame? And moving forward, not just in Minnesota, all around. What should you feel about police shootings when police shootings happen? We're going to discuss that in detail coming up next on I'm Right. It's time everybody take a step back. Do you know what today is? Are you aware of what today is? Let me check here. Yep, it's Tuesday. And... I'm just now going to be discussing what happened in Minneapolis. Well, Brooklyn Center in Minnesota, to be, to be exact. So why am I waiting till Tuesday? Why did we not lead with this yesterday? Why in the world? This was the hot story yesterday. Everybody had an opinion about it. How can you not? Well, because I'm apparently the only person in the United States of America that wants to calm down, back off in any situation and wait for facts. I wanna wait for facts to come out. And in this day and age, that is apparently the rarest thing in the history of mankind. I don't know whether it's social media, TV, radio. I don't know, maybe it's politics, whatever it is, there is something out there ingrained in everybody. Pundits, people who aren't doing any of that stuff, politicians, 
actors, actresses, sports stars, everybody and their brother thinks they have to have an opinion right away on every single issue that pops up, and it has to be definitive. And uh, you can't wait 10 seconds. Uh, you better get that up before the 15 second. Why? I'm much more interested in getting it right than I am in being first. That's probably why we call the show I'm Right. Well, that and because I'm horribly arrogant. But again, there are police shootings often. We live in a country of 330 million people. There are going to inevitably be police shootings. So before we get to what actually happened in Brooklyn Center, Minnesota, before we get to the fallout, which is already getting pretty bad, let's discuss in general what you should do and I should do in the future whenever there is a police shooting. Because here's how it works now. How it works now is you will see a clip of it on the internet. It will always be a clip. It will never, ever, ever. The first thing put out there is never the entire story. You will see a clip of it. The clip of it, because you're a human being with real emotions, see, I'm not burdened by those, but because you're a human being with real emotions, you will see this clip and it will cause you to feel a certain way. Probably that depends on how you view the world. It's going to affect you, but you're going to watch the video, be horrified, be angry, but whatever, but your anger will be directed at someone. You will get online, uh, Twitter, Facebook, whatever it may be, and you'll see everybody, all your friends, all the pundits you follow, they all have an opinion, and you have to have an opinion too. And you will want to voice that opinion. Stop. Stop. I have some incredible breaking news for you. This is, this is going to blow you away. I know, I know you're not ready for this, but do you know that every cop is different? Do you know that as soon as you put on a uniform, you don't automatically turn into this either evil or good robot? That cops are human beings? There are really, really, really great ones everywhere, absolute heroes that wade through the muck and defend this society against the scum that's out there. And there are absolute dirtbags who should not only not have a uniform on, they should be in prison somewhere. And there's everything in between. Cops are all different. Isn't that weird? Hey, hold on. Wait, there's more. I know I'm blowing you away right now. Hold on. Civilians, people who aren't cops, they're all different too. I know. This is shocking. I'm not making this up. You are different than me. You're different than this person, different than that person. All people are different. Isn't that weird? And one more thing, this is the last one, and this one, this one may crush you. Circumstances are all different. If you get pulled over because you have a tail light out and they run your license plate and find out registration's up to date, no real history at all, they check your driver's license, find out you have no criminal history whatsoever, appear to be an upstanding citizen, you're going to get treated differently than the career criminal in a possibly stolen vehicle who's also pulled over for a taillight out. I know that's nuts. I know that's nuts. But that's called reality. That's the real world in which we live. Circumstances are all different. So going forward, I promise you this. Take this to the bank. Going forward, there's going to be another incident, many, 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 many of them, where police clash with civilians in some way. And the civilians are going to die. Maybe the cops too. Hopefully nobody dies, but somebody's going to die. And you are going to have a visceral reaction to the first thing you see. From now on, calm down. Do this, do this. It's incredible. Do this. Set it down and wait. Just wait. Now, let's address what actually happened in Brooklyn Center, Minnesota, because it's terrible. Right now, they're torching Minneapolis again. 
and I, I'm not going to spend a lot of time dwelling on the absurd, disgusting looting. I have no time for looters. Go get your Nikes and your Dollar Tree. and your, They even looted Little Caesars, a bunch of scumbags. I have no time for that at all. It's not justified. I know exactly why you're doing it. You're a bunch of losers who are looking for free stuff. So get out of here with that. Oh, this is a, the, 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 what is it they call it? The language of the unheard crap. Oh, shut up. A bunch of criminals. So setting them aside. What actually happened was a guy, Dante Wright, was pulled over. The officer, Kim Potter, was an over-20-year experienced veteran on the police force. She was apparently there with a rookie and was training the rookie. This is what you're going to see. They pulled over Dante Wright. Apparently, he had plenty of criminal history they knew about. They were placing him under arrest. You'll see Dante Wright try to get out of that. Hop in the car. You're looking. You're about to see her body cam footage of her gun pointing at him. Don't worry. I'm not going to show you anything violent. You don't have to turn it off for the kids. This was the body camera footage that came out afterwards. him. You see what she said. That's what the whole taser, taser, taser thing was about. Why was she shouting that? Apparently, according to the officer, Kim Potter, she thought she had a taser in her hand, but instead had her pistol out. You yell taser, taser, taser in that situation if you're a police officer because you don't want your partner to have their hands in any way on the suspect because as soon as you tase him, electricity being what it is, it's going to go right through him and get your partner too. You yell taser, 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 so they back off. Partner backs off, squeezes the trigger on what she says she thought was a taser, pop, shoots him, guy drives off, he dies a couple blocks later. Okay, look, there's no excuse. Let's just address this right now. There's no excuse for a rookie police officer and certainly not an excuse for a seasoned veteran to not know the difference between a taser and a gun. I'm not going to sit here and defend what you just saw ever. Like I said, I wait for the facts to come out. That's not good. The officer, Kim Potter, has since resigned. The police chief of Brooklyn Center, Minnesota, has since resigned. Um, well, the city manager came out. And the city manager said, okay, let's calm down. He said essentially what I said at the beginning of the show. Everybody calm down. Let's let due process happen. Let's figure out what's what. We're not going to jump on the outrage train. And of course, this is a statement from the uh, mayor. Effective immediately, our city manager has been relieved of his duties, and the deputy city manager will be assuming his duties moving forward. I will continue to work my hardest to ensure good leadership geez, at all levels of our city government. Yes, that's right. Even calling for calm, due process, let's get the facts out there, will immediately get you fired in this day and age. Why does that happen? Why is the left like this? Well, because it's always a mob. I mean, you want to talk about due process, not letting the facts come out? Here's some of the things that were said right away. Quote, being a young black man in America shouldn't be a death sentence. Hanging an air freshener in your rearview mirror shouldn't be either. Dante Wright should be alive today. In his name and so many others, we must demand justice in policing. There's more. The county medical examiner has ruled police shooting of Dante Wright was a homicide. Dante Wright was murdered because he had an air freshener around his rearview mirror. Dante Wright was murdered. Black Lives Matter, so on. So you know what? We're not even going to get into any more of that. He did have a warrant out for his arrest, so you can argue about the reasoning for that warrant, but he did have a warrant out for his arrest. Therefore, police, by law, are certainly allowed to pull him over and detain him. How insane is this nation now? Well, an elected congressman, Rashida Tlaib, had this gem to say. Quote, it wasn't an accident. 
Policing in our country is inherently and intentionally racist. Dante Wright was met with aggression and violence. I am done with those who condone government-funded murder. No more policing, incarceration, and militarization. It can't be reformed. Well, that's insane. But I want you to understand, that's not some 1960s hippie street radical with some weird sign on the corner smoking a blunt somewhere. That's an elected congressional representative, and there are more like her. And let's understand something else. As they do with basically everything, the American media makes all of this worse. It makes all this worse. You know what the American media is? This is what it's equivalent to. You ever have a fight with your spouse or your girlfriend or boyfriend, whatever you happen to have, unless you're in the Air Force? Quit, we can make jokes. Do you ever have a fight with your significant other? And it's getting heated, right? It's escalating, and maybe at some point in time you're trying to calm things down. You know what the American media is? The American media is like the buddy who steps in and says, No! Get her! She didn't mean that! Oh, don't forget what he said about your mother! Oh, are you going to let her talk to you like that? That's the American media. They take everything that's a 1 and turn it up to an 11 immediately. And I loved this, this little scene last night where they tried to get somebody on camera, and he just blasted away at them. Now you can see, now you can see. see y'all be twisting up the story. You want to me? Do you want to talk to me? Okay, cool. Don't take my mic, but we're cool. Okay, what's your name? What's my name? My name is my name. All right, so tell me what you think about what's going on What I think about this is all the press and all the extra y'all do makes this worse. You think so? Yes. When people want to protest, they shouldn't do it in front of a police, yeah, courthouse. Like that. You get what the I'm saying? I want you to be careful. I want you to be careful. I really of what? do. Of anything that can of hit what? you. Of anything that can hit you. Look at of all the stuff. What? Of this. Of what? Of this. Do it look like I'm scared? No, you don't. Do it you look don't. like I'm scared? You don't. You don't. Exactly. Y'all need to get up out of here with all that twisting up the media. Okay. Real shit. You don't know me, but we I don't know get, you. we're going to get to know each other. That's You're what gonna we're going to do. Each other, yes, huh? we are. Let's we see. are. We are. How are you going to know me? I'm going to, you're going to talk. I'm going to share yeah, a number with you. All right, let's do it. No, let's do it right let's here. Let's do it. All right, here's my, here's my phone. Let's no, go ahead and share me out, Talk about something that's real. Tell me what's y'all real. Y'all just going to edit out the shot. We're live. We're live. And then y'all going to edit out some other shit. We're live right you're now. You're not live. I'm live right now. I don't care if you live or not. Okay. But Get away from here with all that media that y'all doing. That's a thing of beauty right there. So what's your takeaway from this? What happened there was terrible. Officers resigned. Police chiefs resigned. We will see what happens from there. But in the future, in the future, when there's another one, sadly there will be, in the future, calm down, wait for the facts, and then you don't look like an idiot like so many people do today. That's why here on I'm Right, we're talking about this on Tuesday and didn't talk about this on Monday. All that may have made you uncomfortable But I'm right. On the Jordan Harbinger Show, you'll hear amazing stories from people that have lived them, from spies to CEOs, even an undercover agent who infiltrated the Gambino crime family. You're about to hear a preview of the Jordan Harbinger Show with Jack Garcia, who did just that. My career was 24 out of 26 years, was solely dedicated working on the cover. I walk in, I'm in the bar. Now there's a barmaid there, good looking young lady. She's serving me drink. Hey, what would you like? I usually, my drink was, give me a kettle, one martini, three olives, glass of water on the side. I finish the drink. The guys come in. I'm going to go, go in my pocket, take out the big wad of money. Bam, I give her $100. If you're with the mob, I say, hey, Jordan, you're on record with us. That means we protect you. Nobody could shake you down. We could shake you down, but you're on record with us. For more on how Jack became so trusted in the highest levels of the Gambino organization, check out episode 392 of The Jordan Harbinger Show. Now, here's something else that will undoubtedly make you uncomfortable. There is an entire online world of crime out there that is hard to wrap your mind around, especially if you're of a certain age. Uh, I'm getting older. I'm not exactly ancient yet, but I'm getting older. And just as a kid, Crime was what? Somebody with a gun in their hand and a ski mask on, give me all your money. Kind of, that was crime. That's not how it is today. Oh, granted, sadly, that's still there. Crime's online. 
and everything online is vulnerable. There was just another gigantic Facebook hack. It's, if it's online, these criminals will find out how to hack into it. Your home title is online. I know you think it's a piece of paper. It's online. They're hacking into them. They're forging signatures on them. They're taking loans out against them. And you will pay that loan back, not your home insurance or anyone else. You will. Go to HomeTitleLock.com to stop it. You sign up, they will detect any tampering and stop it like that. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code RADIO for 30 free days of protection. We'll be back. Well, this whole vaccine thing is a big old ugly mess now. I don't understand what exactly they're doing, why they're doing it. The big man, former President Trump, came out, had this to say about pulling the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. Quote, the Biden administration did a terrible disservice to the people throughout the world by allowing the FDA and CDC to call a pause in the use of the Johnson & Johnson COVID-19 vaccine. The result of this vaccine has been extraordinary, but now its reputation will be permanently challenged. The people who've already taken the vaccine will be up in arms, and perhaps all this was done for politics, or perhaps it's the FDA's love of Pfizer. Do your testing, clean up the record, get the Johnson & Johnson vaccine back online quickly. The only way we defeat the China virus is with our great vaccines. Joining me now to talk about that and many other things is former chief of staff for the Prez and former congressman. He's currently the senior partner at Conservative Partnership Institute, Mark Meadows. Congressman, I I don't understand what exactly I saw. And that's because I don't trust anything anymore. Is there more to this problem, blood clotting thing that we're being told? Or is this a political thing? Because none of this makes sense. Six out of millions is not many. What am I missing? Yeah, six out of six million, Jesse. I mean, when you start to look at at the CDC and the FDA and the way that they go about it, you know, they have this unbelievable... uh, Uh, clinical trial process that you've got to go through and yet when they start to hear little uh little aspects and and listen i don't want to diminish any anybody that has problems with blood clots or anything else certainly is something that you need to address but what we find is the bureaucracy and this is what you're pointing to is the bureaucracy uh ultimately has a way of not only not serving the american people's best interests but it puts in, in into doubt, and that's exactly what President Trump was talking about, puts into to doubt uh, the, the whole of, uh, effectiveness of a, of a vaccine that's gone through uh, trial after trial after trial. What would uh, the president be talking about about this being political? Is Johnson & Johnson somehow a Republican organization, and I'm not aware of it, and Pfizer's a Democrat one? What, what, what good does it do the Biden administration to fire a tor- torpedo into the sides of Johnson & Johnson? Well, obviously, uh, it, there is not a Republican or a Democrat uh, letter behind uh, the name of either company. But what I will say is Big Pharma oftentimes will pick winners and losers. And, and we saw that throughout the process early on. There was a, a, a natural, uh, when we were in the administration, just a, a natural inclination uh, to look at things a little bit more uh uh, deliberately uh, on certain companies uh, and and yet uh, give others uh, perhaps not as much of a, a rigorous uh, uh, thorough vetting. And, and I can tell you the president has been talking about Johnson & Johnson for some time. Obviously, Pfizer, Moderna are two others that have come out and, and are providing vaccines and, and that we're actually treating people with. Uh, but but what happens is is sometimes you get a bureaucrat that gets a little overzealous in what they're recommending, and we saw that uh, with uh, the Biden administration and what came out as it related to the Johnson and Johnson pause. Congressman, speaking of President Biden, I, I'm not I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to diagnose it, but clearly not not doing the best, to put it mildly. And you were former chief of staff. Obviously, the president at the time was a bit more sharp than our current one. My question to you is, uh, I think the American people deserve to know who's actually making the decisions from the office of the presidency. And I can't seem to get a solid answer on who that person is. No right-thinking person thinks it's Joe Biden. Do you have some knowledge of this? Is it his chief of staff? Who is it? 
Well, I don't know that it's his chief of staff, but it's obviously many times these are, are bureaucratically led decisions. Uh, so whether it's on the border uh, that uh, is certainly in crisis mode, whether it is with vaccines, I can tell you it's a lot easier for Joe Biden and, and Kamala Harris to be able to criticize President Trump than it is to actually govern. And I think they're finding that out. And so typically what they will do is they'll let the bureaucrats come to the Oval Office and make recommendations that are not thoroughly vetted. Uh, we had a different president in the Oval Office when I had the, the privilege and honor of serving President Trump. He was not only willing to engage personally, but question every single decision. And that's what we need. We need actually someone to hold the bureaucrats accountable. Uh, I don't see that being done. And whether it's, uh, whether it's his current chief of staff or others around uh, President Biden, we're, we're seeing a number of issues that call into question just his ability to make thinking decisions on behalf of the American people. Congressman, the border. Uh, I, this is not something, I mean, thankfully, President Trump ran on this issue. I know you've always been outstanding on the issue. And it's not that the problem got solved, because you can never fully solve a problem when you have a wealthy nation bordering less wealthy nations. But it really didn't, it didn't, become, it didn't make headlines anymore by the end of the Trump presidency. He'd done, you all had done such a great job with it. It's a complete disaster now. The House Republicans put out these numbers, and they're stunning. My question is, how does this end when the Democrats have run on open borders rhetoric? Can they change now? Is it even politically possible to change? No, it's not politically possible. And, it, and you, you ask a very good question. How is it going to end? It's not going to end well because what you have is their political philosophy about keeping order, uh, open borders and literally a, a, uh, a policy at the southern border that we warned the Biden administration that if they did this, this is exactly what they would see. You know, we're almost uh, up at over 200,000 people that are coming across uh, the border illegally in a month, let alone what we will see in a year. And you're right. Uh, we had uh, a number of people in 2019. The border was was uh, in, in chaos. Uh, what happened? President Trump said we're going to fix it. And he put uh, not only the, the head of DHS, but Customs and Border Patrol and all those together in a room and said, let's make sure we get it done. And we did. We, we uh, brought it to its lowest level in 2020. And yet when they started talking about their open border or what I would call the welcome mat kind of approach at the southern border, uh, you know, I, I've said it before, it, it's almost like inviting someone to a party and saying, come on in. And then when they get there, you close the door. Well, they still end up on your front lawn. And what we need to make sure of is that the policies that Donald Trump and his administration put forth are brought back. It's the only way that will solve it. And if not, we're going to see millions of people coming across our border. And it won't be just a crisis there. It'll be a crisis in every city across the country. Speaking with former Congressman, former Chief of Staff Mark Meadows. Congressman, the president wanted out of Afghanistan. President Trump did. It was no secret. Uh, it's been a long, wasteful disaster over there. It's pretty much common knowledge with everybody on both sides of the aisle. Joe Biden, we have officials announcing today, Joe Biden is withdrawing the rest of the U.S. troops. Well, I'm old enough to remember when that was going to result in the end of the world and World War III all wrapped up in one when President Trump uh, suggested it. Yeah. Oh, uh, I mean, if President Trump suggests anything in terms of stopping endless wars, and that's what you're talking about, Jesse, is stopping the endless wars that really uh, do not put forth an American priority. The president was very clear on that when when I served with him, and and he got major pushback, not just from uh, those on Capitol Hill that want to make sure that they keep the uh, defense industrial uh, uh, mechanism in place. But he got pushback from some within DOD and over at the Pentagon, which uh, they, most of those flag officers, all they've known is an existence in Afghanistan. And yet now what we're seeing is Biden is following up on, on something that the president initiated, got us down to 2,500 uh, troops before uh, he and I left. And, uh, and, and if, if anyone were to suggest that Joe Biden uh, would do this and not get the, the left or the right rising up, 
uh, it would have surprised me. But because it's Joe Biden, he gets a pass uh, when when President Trump didn't. Congressman, thank you so much for joining me tonight. I appreciate you. Great to be with you, Jesse. Thanks. Appreciate it. Your holster is way more important than you think it is. It's just way more important than you think it is. What, look, and I get that. The holster's not the sexy part of carrying firearms, right? You want to talk about your weapon and your ammunition. You want to talk about your safety training. You want to talk about how you did at the range. Oh, look at my groups. I was doing these failure drills today. And all that stuff's really important. I mean, really, really important. I'm not discounting that. But I've known so many people who do all those things. They take all the necessary steps, and then they carry with a holster they bought from a big box hunting store that was made a 1,000 at a time. Please, don't put your life in one of those holsters. You need to trust Northwest Retention Systems because it's all custom-made gear. It's the only thing I carry around. NWRetention.com. That's NWRetention.com. Use the promo code JESSE. Get you 10% off. Now, hear me out. If you're dipping tobacco and you love it, I get it. I, I dipped for years. And... I'm not going to come on here and lie to you and say, oh, I've, uh, I thought it was disgusting. I hated it. I loved it. I loved it. Even when I knew I needed to quit, I didn't want to quit. That's how much I loved it. But because I loved it, I needed help. I needed help quitting. Uh, I, could, I tried cold turkey. I tried that stupid patch. I tried bubble gum. Take it from me. Jake's mint chew is what works. It's what works because it gives you that fix of something in your lip to get you off of it. Only that something you put in your lip, one, it tastes good, two, it's tobacco free, three, it's nicotine free. They even have four different flavors of the CBD pouches you put in there. It's helping people quit dipping and smoking. Go to jakesmintchew.com, use the promo code JESSE, that's J-E-S-S-E at checkout. That gets you 20% off. We'll be back. Well, court packing. We're hearing a lot about court packing, and nobody can seem to figure out whether Joe Biden is actually serious about packing the Supreme Court or whether this is just kind of a bone he's throwing to his base. Former President Trump has something he'd like everyone to hear about it. This is what he had to say. Quote, Now, there is a very good chance they will be diluted and moved throughout the court system so they can see how the lower courts work with many new justices added to the court, far more than has been reported. There is also a good chance they will be term limited. Our politically correct Supreme Court will get what they deserve, an unconstitutionally elected group of radical left Democrats who are destroying our country. And what does he mean by destroying our country? Well, I want you to consider this. You realize that we have the First Amendment, right? The First Amendment is pretty much really, really forward about the fact you can't limit in any way, the government cannot limit in any way, religious gatherings. Well, that's weird because I remember last year they arrested a pastor in Florida for having church. I know in California throughout this time, they've been limiting how people can worship God. Okay, well, we're supposed to celebrate this. The Supreme Court gave us a win. Quote, in response to recent judicial rulings, effective immediately, location and capacity limits on places of worship are not mandatory, but are strongly recommended. The linked guidance is in the process of being updated. All other restrictions in the guidance remain in place. Well, what? Are, are we supposed to celebrate that today? I Look, I'll take it over what we had, but... You know all these decisions were five to four, right? And this is why, and look, I struggle with this too. This is why all I can do is that sometimes when I hear people bring up the Constitution to me. What does it mean if half the country doesn't acknowledge it at all? Five to four? The First Amendment could not be more black and white. It's right there. Uh, you cannot stop people from gathering for their religion. It didn't say unless there's coronavirus. It didn't. It's right there. But they did it. And they did it for a year. 
and finally the Supreme Court steps in and we were one vote away. One. One vote away with the high court of the land deciding, oh yeah, government can absolutely limit whether or not you can go to church. That's way too close. So, do we still have a constitution? Do we? And that hurts me, because I know. I know you have your pocket constitution. Believe me, I've read it a million times myself. Wonderful document. But if only half the country even acknowledges it, if that, do we still actually have one? I'm not so sure we do. All right, we got a great show. Great show for you tonight. Newton Group Transfer. They are here to help you if you're stuck in a timeshare. These stories from people who have these timeshares and can't get out of them, they're shocking. These timeshare companies, not all of them, but so many, they get their hooks into you and you can't give them up. You can't give them up. Or they'll, they'll do things like they charge you thousands of dollars. One girl, she got past her timeshare when her mother passed away. She gets past the timeshare, doesn't want the timeshare, doesn't use the timeshare. They tell her she can get out of it for $4,000. She has to come up with a $4,000 check. This is not right. It's unjust. And Newton Group Transfers is here to help you. If you are in a timeshare and want out or know someone who is, call 888-845-3773. That's 888-84-JESSE. Or go to timesharejesse.com, Newton Group Transfer. They will help you out. Listen to me. If you're worried about these things, well, we have to win seats. We have to win back political seats all across the nation. And I don't expect you to have the time in your day to find every seat you're supposed to win. Thankfully, there's a great place out there called Mammoth Nation. They're out there every single day working to find the candidates who believe what you and I believe and willing to fight for it. And if you become a member of Mammoth Nation, like I am, I'm a lifetime member, your money goes to these guys. Gets the people in office who will try to save this country. But you get something out of this whole thing too. You get discounts. And I hate to sound selfish about it, but that might be the best part about Mammoth Nation. Shopping, travel, wireless, telehealth, more things that I could ever list for you. You get incredible discounts when you're a member of Mammoth Nation. Go to mammothnation.com slash jesse and sign up today. We'll be back. Well, I'm glad we waited to have an opinion on what happened in Minnesota because, as I said, The best thing to do whenever these things happen is to calm down, shut your mouth, and wait at least 24 hours until the facts come out, and now you see the facts. You see what happened. But joining me now is my friend Inez Stepman. She's a senior policy analyst with the Independent Women's Forum. Inez, why this need by everybody? What is it in modern society in general to be the first one online with a hot take of some kind whenever something happens instead of just shutting up? Well, it's certainly driven by social media and by the 24-hour news cycle. Um, so from the journalist side, they all want to be the one to break the story. On the, the sort of commentator or personal side, it's always uh, try to fit it immediately, slot whatever happened into your ideological narrative, right? We see this every time there's a shooting, not just by police, but um, a, a mass shooting. I mean, people get way ahead of themselves. They get ahead of the facts. I have the same rule as you. I try, you know, very hard to follow it is I basically say nothing other than to offer condolences to the family of of, um, the deceased for at least 24 hours, if not two or three days, to wait for some of those facts to come out. Because uh, oftentimes they are not, these incidents are not as they are portrayed in the first 24 hours. And we have seen this enough times to, to be wary of it. And as are we more emotional now than we've ever been, or is that an emotional response to where we are as a society? Because it sure feels that way. I am not under the illusion America was once some stoic place without emotions. We just followed logic and reason. But it seems like everything's worse now. Well, that's what you get for turning over the entire society to us women 
Jesse. <laughs> you know, uh, no, seriously, we are, we are uh, there is this, this element of telling your story, right, that is constant. And I, I find it very psychologically manipulative when it's being used in such a blatantly political way, right? We're used to, I mean, politicians have always been using their personal stories as part of their um, pitch to the, the American people. That's as old as, as um, our country and, and, in fact, is not unique to our country, obviously. Uh, we had the, the log cabin and hard cider um, phrases in the 19th century in terms of political sloganeering. Uh, but when I think about the most manipulative way these things are used, I, I think, um, for example, about AOC, uh, and this really pissed me off. Um, sorry, am I allowed to say that on TV? Uh, it made me You're angry <laughs> that... Uh, she, in the course of talking about January 6th, she brought up um, as an aside that she had been sexually assaulted. Now, I, you know, and use it to make a political point. I don't know whether or not that's true, but the way that it was used was so psychologically manipulative, right? It's, it's um, impossible to have a conversation about a, a public political issue with someone uh, if instead they are going to make everything about like sort of personal harm, right? And the definition of personal harm has expanded so greatly um, that, that it is it is impossible to have a, a normal, rational conversation about any public policy issue uh, if, we, if we're all just digging for that like victimhood currency and, and telling our stories and like, you know, trying to link it all to something personal and painful that makes other people feel guilty about disagreeing with us. I mean, this is not a, a proper way to conduct discourse. It's not a dignified way to conduct discourse either. It is not, but but we're not in a dignified time either. What what advice do you give people on the right then, how to move forward? I, like I've told people before, I tell them all the time on this show, I don't expect everyone to be an unfeeling monster like I am. That's just how I'm born. So people do have feelings when they hear a terrible story like that. I mean, I, I would hope that creates emotions in, inside of people when, when they're called racist. It doesn't bother me, but it does bother people because they don't want to be considered that. How does the right react to that going forward? We have to get braver and and realize not just in a sort of political jujitsu way, but deep down in our in our feelings, uh, that they define these words differently than we do. Um, you know, when somebody is calling you a racist, they might as well be calling you purple. It, it, the definition that they're working with is is so different from the definition of the average person um, that it it, ha it should not wound us in any way that they do this. Um, and we have to get over it. We just have to get over it because, you know, we are a polite society, I think, especially the right. And, and there is an uh, instinct to try to, um, you know, to have these conversations in, in a polite and, and friendly way and to respect people's feelings. But feelings have been turned into a political weapon and you cannot fight them. Uh, the, the political ramifications without then, um, to some extent, hardening yourself against accusations uh, that are are feelings-based. Uh, you just have to get over it, I, I think. Um, this, is, this has been a problem for the right, but I think less and less now. I think um, more and more people on the right, especially after Donald Trump's presidency, understand that, one, uh, you know, pushing back works better than giving like that, that trying to to um, have these conversations in a, in a nice way just ends up with us losing. That pushing back, there's nothing they can do to you that is worse than you capitulating over and over again. That's where we. That's why we find ourselves where we are today. Um, and and two, like I, I think I don't know. I'm encouraged by the fact that I think most people on the right, the voters, they actually do understand that, and that's why we're seeing this huge backlash. Um, to Republican governors who might uh, cave, for example, to corporate power on cultural issues. I think people get it. I, I think actually it's not just conservatives who get it. I think it's a lot of people in the center as well. I think um, ton, uh, we have 75 million Americans who voted for Trump, but I think there are millions more even than that who are looking at where the woke left is going and are seeing how dangerous this is. So we are the majority in this regard, not on every issue, but on, the, on in this regard of pushing back against this kind of insanity. I think we are the majority. We better start acting like it. I agree. I, I, speaking of which, look, speak of the devil, we have these companies, and I mean big companies, AMC, Viacom, CBS, LinkedIn, Twitter, etc. We have these gigantic, the biggest country, companies out there they have a meeting. I, I mean, this this is so crazy to me. They have a gigantic meeting to discuss, I mean, frankly, and the ways they're going to punish whichever state chooses to pass a law 
requiring an ID to vote. I, this is nutso. And there have been since, obviously, some people on the right, the right has teeth now, by the grace of God, who've mentioned we need to go after them, we need to take away tax breaks, we need to do all these other things, which has me applauding, but it makes a lot of the people on our side extremely uncomfortable. What say you? Yeah, well, first of all, it's funny that, uh, you know, this is closer to the actual structure of what we've seen in fascist countries but is in terms of the collusion between one party of government and corporations than, um, certainly than, for example, Donald Trump wanting to, to roll fancy tanks down Pennsylvania Avenue as part of a parade. Um, and we're not hearing much about, about that. But yeah, I mean, anything, it's not going to stick to a couple of what are called culture war issues, which um, Governor Hutchinson, I think, uh, really stepped in it in that interview that he did with MSNBC when when he talked about this as just a couple of culture war issues um, that should be left to the private sector. Uh, the the essentially corporations in America have a, a monoculture um, on and it's not going to stop with one or two issues. Although those issues themselves are important, it shouldn't be difficult for conservatives to stand for the idea that men and women are biologically different and that sports have to recognize that fact, right? Or that it's it's not. Um, it, it should not be legal to give minors life-altering, um, permanently life-altering experimental treatment uh, to try to match their quote-unquote identities. This, this should be an easy position for the right to take. But even beyond, it's not going to stay um, with this couple of issues. It's going to be every single issue where uh, anyone crosses the woke left on any kind of cultural topic. And there is no future for the right if we don't realize that we have to push back against corporate America. Like that, that's simple. Now, I, I'm not I'm not in favor of sort of um, every proposal that's been put forward. I think some do more harm than good or they're not thinking properly about um, perhaps some of the unintended consequences. But I was really encouraged to see Georgia push back with the yanking a tax credit for Delta. Um, I, I think that is the sort of thing that we're going to have to do. Um, and frankly, you know, <laughs> the next time that Amazon uh, wants a, a, a corporate tax cut, they can get it from Elizabeth Warren, who's their new best friend, um, as far as I'm concerned. So. Okay, so explain to me this. Why are so many on the right still uncomfortable with pushing back? Is it just because of tradition? Are they missing vital parts of the male anatomy that normally should be there? Is it naive attack? What is it? Uh, well, I, I do think the lack of spine explanation is more important than people. Like, there's obviously this huge ideological fight going on on the right about you know, sort of the influence of libertarianism or limited government versus what's called the new right and Josh Hawley and, and all of this stuff. Um, I actually think that, that your explanation about the male anatomy probably has a lot more to do with where we're at because it's not like it's we've been living in some libertarian paradise, right? The government has expanded um, hugely beyond its bounds even when Republicans are in power. So I, I think it's less that we're enthralled to some libertarian ideology and more that um, frankly, we have something, and, and this makes me sound like a, you know, like a Marxist, but we have a ruling class that has a monoculture, um, and that monoculture is super, super far left on cultural issues, and it's it's largely driven by the academy, by universities, which again, uh, Republicans did not have the spine to cut off from funding for the last, you know, 20, 30 years when it became clear that they were teaching ideas that were incredibly pernicious to the American body politic, and now we have a generation of. of um, kids who were graduated out of these universities, out of our K-12 system, uh, that, that frankly, um, you know, this sort of old conservative canard was, oh, well, wait till they impact with the real world. You know, wait till these blue hairs impact with the real world. They'll find out real quick that these ideas don't work. Well, instead, they're remaking the corporations in their image. They're remaking, you know, the newsrooms in their image. They're remaking the, the entire country in their image. Um, and you, you can't ignore what happens on campus or, or the formative years of uh, young citizens' lives uh, the way the right has for the last 30 or 40 years and expect it not to pay fruit um, down there, pay dividends down the road for the left that has taken over all those institutions. So we're yep. basically a, a political guerrilla movement now. Um, we are we have to realize that the institutions, there are there is basically no institution left that is uh, not hostile to conservatism except for maybe some parts of the military and even that um, is is uh, fading every day. So we have to understand where we're at before we can come up with any kind of viable solution. Amen. She sounds like me. And Ed Stedman, thank you so much, ma'am. Thanks for having me, Jesse. All right. We'll be back.
You know I love to show you something that makes all of us feel good to wrap up the show, right? Well, here I just want to show you that there are children out there who feel exactly like you and I feel. Good for you, kid. All right. I'll see you tomorrow. You know, your house smells. Don't get mad. Don't get mad. My house smells too. I'm not, I'm not indicting you. I'm sure you keep a clean home, but just time means you're going to acquire smells, whether those are cooking smells that get in your paint and your carpet. Maybe they're animal smells. Maybe you're a smoker or someone else was. Just living creates smells. I didn't realize that my home had a smell to it until I got my first Eden Pure Thunderstorm, the greatest air purifier I've ever, ever owned in my life. This thing, I had it plugged in for two hours. I came back in the room and my air smelled so clean. I now own three of them. I'm not making that up. This thing has absolutely changed me on top of what it's done for my allergies. Go get one. Get two. Be like me and get three. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE. That gets you 10 bucks off and free shipping. EdenPureDeals.com. Promo code JESSE. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.